This is JimPinto.com e-news number 327, the 24th of June 2014. This e-news is read by Jim's text-to-speech robot, Mac Jimbo. As usual, there are five items and three feedbacks in this issue of e-news. Item 1. David Smith Book, The Predicament. My good friend Dave Carlson recently sent me a copy of a book by his Stanford buddy. It stayed midst a pile of other books waiting to be read, till I picked it up and couldn't put it down. In his book, The Predicament, Dartmouth and Stanford economist and futurist David L. Smith, previously then avowed conservative, explains how the current financial and political dysfunctions emerged. Smith quotes Aaron Sorkin's acclaimed HBO series, The Newsroom, where news anchor Will McAvoy delivered a four-minute rant about why America isn't the greatest country in the world. Every American should view, or at least read, this monologue. Here's a short version to get you to view it on YouTube. There's absolutely no evidence to support the statement that we're the greatest country in the world. We're seventh in literacy, 27th in math. 22nd in science, 49th in life expectancy, 178th in infant mortality, 3rd in median household income, number 4 in labor force and number 4 in exports, we lead the world in only three categories, number of incarcerated citizens per capita, number of adults who believe angels are real, and defense spending where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined. It sure used to be. We stood up for what was right. We fought for moral reasons. We passed laws, struck down laws for moral reasons. We waged wars on poverty, not poor people. We sacrificed, we cared about our neighbors, we put our money where our mouths were and we never beat our chests. We built great big things, made ungodly technological advances, explored the universe, cured diseases and cultivated the world's greatest artists and the world's greatest economy. We reached for the stars, we aspired to intelligence, we didn't belittle it, it didn't make us feel inferior. In his book, David Smith goes on to explain how America got into a fix far worse than McAvoy's speech reveals. He identifies the root cause of the American predicament as the hijacking of the democratic process by a rich and powerful elite. He proposes a completely new democratic political process, bypassing big money to reorient government to the service of, we the people. I'm often asked why I keep harping on wealth inequality in America. Here's my response, because it is currently America's biggest problem. Item 2. Belief, Bias and Healthy Skepticism Human constructs are the psychosocial construction of reality, the inherited knowledge and experience that establish our conscious and subconscious view of everything. Primary constructs are embedded in the human brain from infancy, religion, culture, love, family and country. These are all linked to our place of birth and surroundings, where we grow up and how we are taught. The patterns embedded in our thinking determine our view of the world. We all have a confirmation bias, a tendency to find conforming evidence in support of what we already believe and to ignore or rationalize non-conforming evidence. Our belief filters allow gathering of information from sources that confirm our beliefs and ignore, 
or filter out contrary evidence. There is some indication where in the brain this phenomenon occurs. There appear to be emotional reactions to conflicting data, rationalizing away parts that do not fit preconceived beliefs, then parts of the brain receive a reward when beliefs are confirmed. We also have hindsight bias, a tendency to reconstruct the past to fit with the latest knowledge. Then there's the self-justification bias, the tendency to rationalize decisions after the fact. Awareness of these biases helps people to make more informed decisions. Item 3. Longevity, Future of Death. Most people are not philosophically, morally and socially ready to accept prolonged life. What will life be like when life is prolonged for those who can choose? Since 1900, the life expectancy of Americans has jumped from age 47 to 80. Once beyond about 60 many ailments come into play. Diabetes, arthritis, heart disease, depression, Alzheimer's and dementia, Parkinson's, hearing loss, incontinence, osteoporosis, the list goes on. In the U.S., Healthcare costs grew faster than the economy as a whole. Now 16% of GDP, compared to 9% in 1980, 5% of the population accounted for 50% of overall U.S. healthcare spending. Whatever actually happens, here's the very basic question for reflection. How long do you expect and want to live? Item 4 Tomorrow's Industries and Occupations The nature of jobs is changing along with the businesses and environments in which work is done. The latest World Future Society's Futurist magazine lists several of tomorrow's technologies and the occupations which will emerge. There are many new industries from which our children and grandchildren will choose. Here's my selection of the top ten. Internet of Things 75 billion devices will be connected to the Internet. Big data. All the data being generated needs to be stored and analyzed and protected. 3D printing. Will creatively destroy how business is done. Driverless everything. Autonomous vehicles will drive enormous changes in many areas. Commercial drone industry. Getting ready to explode as soon as the FAA makes it legal. Micro-colleges. Colleges cost too much. New waves of immersion skill centers will emerge. Cryptocurrencies with growing distrust of banks and Wall Street. The age of Bitcoin is emerging. Biofactories. Biofactories will revolutionize chemical production. Robots for senior living. With almost 10,000 Americans turning 65 every day, new types of elder care robots will emerge. Future agriculture and food production, bio-meat factories, urban agriculture. Item 5. Today's electronic communications, timing expectations. Communication overload is common today. People feel anxious and even overwhelmed. If all day is spent just responding to incoming messages, when does the real work get done? With technology integrated into virtually every aspect of our lives, communication has become easier than ever before. Access to smartphones makes it possible to access our email, voicemail and text messages from anywhere, 
every second of the day. Consider this. How quickly do you expect to receive a response to your messages? How soon should you respond? How long is too long? Here's my own summary. 1. Text, minutes, couple of hours at most. 2. Email, within a day, hours is good, 2 to 3 days is too long. 3. Phone calls, immediate, voicemail should be returned ASAP. Of course, response times change for answering messages from the boss, work, customers, friends, family. Families and friends will learn, by experience, how quickly you respond. Indeed, those who respond quickly become a conduit for those who don't. Is so-and-so there? Here's something to consider. If you don't respond, your texts and emails will dwindle to zero. Indeed, the good way to eliminate all communications is to stop responding. As usual, there were three feedbacks in this issue of eNews. Feedback 1. The always thinking Bob Fritz comes up with practical solutions for America's declining middle class. Writes Bob. I think the lack of middle class opportunity has the potential to destroy America as we know it. The first thing we need is incentives for big companies to stop fleeing the country. U.S. companies in total have $2 trillion held overseas. They should bring it back and build plants here. The next thing is to stop hurting Americans who design, make and sell things. We need to examine the tax structure that lets this happen. Get rid of the death tax too. No first-rate country still has one. It forces any successful entrepreneur to sell out instead of sustaining the firm. Now we come to monetary policy. The Fed is printing money like water. What this does is make things cost more. Everything. People who spend 98% of their income on stuff they absolutely need are hurt when gas and food prices go up. But the rich can simply invest in stocks and bonds. Result? The rich get richer while the poor get poorer. China and other countries are artificially devaluing their currency to boost international trade. Make them stop. That would make American goods a lot more competitive. We need to get this country moving again. Feedback 2 Jack Beckley is positive on the U.S. housing market and feels that the democratic process is still meaningful. He writes, In my opinion, the housing market, and thus individual home ownership percentages, did go down when the overinflated bubble burst, but it has been rebounding dramatically the past year. Values are approaching the levels of several years ago and sales are up. Yes, I believe the American dream of owning your own home is still alive and well. This is still one of the safest and easiest ways to accumulate capital. I also disagree that our votes are meaningless. The initiative process has really come into its own in recent years for settling local issues and individual votes carry the results. Feedback 3. Many fellow Americans like Chris Skin's recent comments on the decline of the American middle class. Daryl Alds commented. I especially love the feedback quote of Chris Skin. He is spot on. This issue has been worrying me for several years. I have no idea how this can be solved.
I suspect that 80% of Americans cannot tell you the capital of Canada. Most Canadians are well-educated, hard-working and knowledgeable and seem to know much more about America than many Americans do. Go figure. Well, that's this issue of e-news. Please send us your feedback. Send your email to jim at jimpinto.com. Thank you for listening.